Hey guys, and welcome to episode 5 of the ATP podcast. Today, Keen is back. We're going to be talking about sleep, and we're going to be covering goal setting as well for the time of year that we're in. So, sleep, in our opinion, is a massive pillar of health, as we've been kind of covering through the last few that we've done. Sleep, I think, can be overlooked by a lot of people, and getting a good night's sleep is beneficial in so many ways to your body and to your head. It's an area a lot of people might struggle with, and what we're hoping from today's episode is that by the end of it, you understand methods that you can do to try and improve your sleep, but also your sleep quality, and how you will see that improving your sleep can impact your life in so many other ways. So by overlooking it, you might be missing out on getting the most benefit uh, for what you're trying to achieve. So on sleep, I think one of the most common questions we first get off everybody is, how much sleep do we need? And, you know, it's very person-dependent, but I think the average eight hours is what's given by the World Health Organization. That's there for a reason. There's a lot of studies behind that. Uh, and I think Keen's going to touch on a bit more of, like, why we need that amount of sleep and how it'll affect us daily by not getting that amount of sleep. Yeah, so I suppose the, the most common question that we get asked when it comes to uh, sleep by clients is, like, how much sleep do I do? I answer is, like, whatever is right for you. So, yeah, there's the guideline eight hours um, uh, per night. But, I mean, if you can identify that, you operate um, well and function at 100% um, with, like, seven hours of sleep, that's okay. Then there's no need to be stressing out about, like, you know, not getting eight hours sleep. So um, some people will function optimally with eight hours sleep, but some people can function perfectly fine um, with, with, with less sleep than that. So whilst getting eight hours sleep a night is ideal that's not always realistic uh, for everyone to achieve i think what you have to remember in all aspects of health is that guidelines are there on a, a national basis an international basis so we have to give guidelines you know we want the population to be as healthy as possible so guidelines as this is what it has to be it's same with nutrition like two thousand two and a half thousand calories is a massive variance for males and females when into it, but they have to give a number. It's the same with sleep. The ideal, the studies have shown, you know, eight hours plus is excellent for replenishing your brain, replenishing your body, and you attacking the day like fully, fully alert and good to go. But some people can function on six hours sleep and seven hours sleep. But some things to be aware of are, you know, very easily to figure out how much sleep do you need. Is do you need? Do you feel like a couple hours after wake up that you need to take a nap again? Like, or you could take a nap if you had the opportunity at 10 or 11 o'clock inside and walk to take a nap. Could you fall asleep again? That's a kind of clear sign that you, you need more sleep. Yeah, that comes out to like, you know, people maybe not tracking their sleep. So they're just going from one night into the next one night, they might get five hours sleep. Next night, they might get eight hours sleep. But they're not really kind of identifying how much sleep is right for them. I think that might come down to, I could be wrong, but you know, people not seeing it as important as it actually is, and it really is massively important. A book I sat listening to recently, I just told Keen to get it, uh, it's blown my mind already, I'm only just into it, uh, it's called Why We Sleep, and the, a real interesting thing they said is that, imagine if you're the newborn baby, and the doctor comes in and checks the baby and says, leaving the room, walking out, the baby is really healthy, everything is good to go, nothing wrong with the baby, and you can take the baby home, and as you're leaving, leaving the doctor turns and says, oh yeah, just by the way, uh, every day, uh, the baby's going to get to a coma-like state for about eight hours. And it's going to have hallucinations and stuff, but then it'll wake up and it'll be fine again. Like, how would you feel about that? And it's like, that's what sleep is, <laughs> which is actually insane because, and it said isn't in the book as well, that we sleep like one third of our lives. Like one third of your life you spend asleep. Yep. If you think of that, that's a lot of time asleep. So to, to try to, I suppose, put into context that if you're getting poor quality sleep, that's going to affect the rest the waking part of your life so much so it's important to kind of unfortunately a lot of people aren't putting it up on that list of uh top of their priorities like if someone's coming in and they have like trying to go a goal of like losing weight and dropping body fat they're going to be all talk about you know what the changes they're going to make to their nutrition and you know they're going to start training three or four times a week or what, what whatever it is but they'll rarely mention their sleep and like you know sleep it can like you know in our opinion and from what we've learned it is even more important. Yeah, I completely agree. As And we just spoke on it yesterday of why we feel it is important is there's, there's loads of factors and variables. It's like, so if you are getting poor sleep, and I, like I said to Keen, I want to touch on it very quickly at the start of the episode, 
when it comes, we train a lot of parents and a lot of mothers and who are really sleep deprived, especially in those first few years. Me and Kean do not have kids. We're not preaching for you to have to get, uh, you have to get your seven or eight hours. You know, we know it's about survival for those first couple of years. So it's it's on a different level of like when you're a new parent versus, you know, someone who doesn't have any kids. We understand that completely. We, we hear all the stories, but we haven't experienced it ourselves. So yeah, like, exactly. you know, definitely so getting that across. Don't yeah. feel like we're preaching that you, you have to, but it's just we're giving you the ideal scenarios yeah. for the optimal may, health. May, maybe a few tips on things that you can still do to help improve your sleep even yeah. though there might even be a hope in hell yeah. of you getting hit or asleep at night so I think when it comes to weight loss is one area that people as Keen said will jump on gym and nutrition and just ignore their sleep completely but like a lot of reasons why sleep is important is number one if you're getting four or five hours sleep only per night you are awake for an extended period of time so you're awake above the 16 standard hours or above 20 hours or you know, 19 hours you're awake you're you're Good chance you're going to consume more food, more calories. Just simply because you're up for a longer period of time. Yeah, yeah. You're going to want more meals, more snacks. They're also going to also crash and and kind of have energy throughout the day and then slump and have energy throughout the day. And there's reasons for that, which is going to lead to. Uh, I I suppose because you're naturally going to be more tired because of the lack of sleep, then you're going to be going far more calories, more sugary foods to kind of get that energy um, back back up again. And that's that's one of the. The key here is we see with people who don't get sleep is that they're snacking on the, the real calorie dense sugary foods at 11 o'clock and 3 o'clock just trying to get them through the day. Mm. So, But also you're fighting against your own hormones as well. So when like when you lack sleep, ghrelin, which is your hunger hormone, so sends signals to you that you're hungry, that that increases with lack of sleep. Leptin is what kind of helps you feel, tell you you're full, satiates, and that decreases. So you're actually working against those factors as well. Yeah. So you're combining a lot of factors. Because you're tired and fatigued, then your kind of decision-making mightn't be as good as it would be uh, as if you had a good night's sleep. So therefore, when you are choosing the food, you, you're going to make maybe poorer choices than you would have. Think of how irrational we have been uh, the first year in ATP <laughs> when we absolutely like, got no sleep due to training and, and stressing and whatever with first year in business. But like, you'd come in and you'd be kind of ratty for no reason. And there's, sometimes there is genuinely no reason that you're, you're, you're pissed off, but you just are. And you, you realise then it's lack of sleep. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like sleep deprivation is shown, like it's one of these things, and I said to Keen, it sounds like a broken record at this stage, there's, there's like certain areas that studies have like conclusively shown to improve your, your, your chance of not getting certain diseases, there are certain things we can do. And sleep is always there. It's always like getting good night's sleep is in every single thing to decrease your chance of type 2 diabetes, you know, decrease your chance of cancers, of heart disease. They all show getting quality sleep. So you're going like, they all can't be wrong. So yeah. it's an area that we it's need to, to look at. And the guidelines there for a reason, but at the same time, then knowing that, like you know, you can only get as much as sleep um, as 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 you possibly can. Yeah. But like making just taking a few steps, uh, not all of them, maybe just picking one thing and uh, and and trying that just to increase the amount of sleep that you are getting. We might go through a few a few days. I think one of the first things is to is to track your sleep. Yeah. And when I say track your sleep, I'm not saying by your your watch or anything like that. What I'm saying is. Track what time you go to bed or, and roughly fall asleep, have an idea how long it takes to fall asleep, and we'll touch on that in a bit. But what time you wake up? How many hours did you get to sleep? Look at your day. How's your day going? Are you feeling irritable? Are you feeling sleepy? Do you need loads of caffeine? Then you probably haven't had enough sleep. Mm-hmm. The next, so if you got six hours that time and then you start sleeping for seven hours, you start feeling more rejuvenated, have more energy, then maybe seven hours is good for you. So it's about, like, actually, I, I'm kind of a stickler enough to go to bed at a certain time if I can so most, mostly during the week and then I'll get up at a certain time I'll always set my alarm regardless I think it's just a weird thing I have that I have to have an alarm set even if I plan on sleeping then I'll set the alarm for like 11 o'clock even though I'll wake at 8 but it's just one of these things that I like to have a set routine of going to bed but I know how many hours I'm going to get but that's just you putting your body into a routine yeah. so like I mean when, when it's in that routine then like no matter what night of the week it is your body's expecting to, to go to bed and go to sleep. And you'll feel that once you, once you get into that routine, it's again, your body will start accounting for that. You'll start getting sleepier and getting more tired at these times and you will start waking up at a normal time. It's also tracking, that. yes, the, the length of time that you are sleeping, but your quality of sleep throughout the night. And that, again, doesn't mean having to, you know, wear a smartwatch or anything like that. But if you are find yourself getting up or waking up a few times throughout the night, ask yourself why that is. Are you drinking massive amounts of 
water before bed? Are you drinking caffeine too late in the day? Are you eating sugary snacks late at night that's causing a, a, a spike that's waking you up at two o'clock in the morning? Um, so just ask, ask yourself the question, like, is there something that I am doing or that I can do differently that will improve the quality of sleep throughout the night? It's like almost everything we speak about is identifying and asking yourself questions as to why something is happening. So rather than think, this is happening to me, I just don't get enough sleep, I'm just not a good sleeper. It's like, hold on, why? And you have to have these questions and ask yourself these questions because when you start asking these questions, you start finding some answers and you realise, okay, I don't, I don't have good quality sleep or I don't, go to, don't get enough sleep, but uh, what can I do about it? And then you realise there are a few things. So identifying some of the set things are... Like caffeine is one of the biggest ones I think people touch on and me and Keen are like yin, yin and yang when it comes yeah, to Yeah, definitely. Like, you know? Ian there will have a, a cup of coffee at half eight at night and he could be sound asleep at te, uh, ten, te, ten, an hour and a half later. Whereas I know myself, if I have a coffee at one or two o'clock in the day, that's going to affect my sleep that night. So I make a conscious decision, decision then to cut out all coffees, even though I love it, uh, after 11 or 12 o'clock in the day so like you know even if you know I I really feel like a coffee I make that conscious effort to like you know maybe just have um, even something with like a lower uh, caffeine content like a green tea or um, a w- glass of water or something like that uh, because I know that like having caffeine um, late in the day is going to affect my quality of sleep that night and going to affect me falling asleep that night. And it is it is completely different for everybody. And it's, again, this, this is why these blanket statements, so they need to be there, but it's like, don't drink caffeine after two. Like, I can, I've not, it doesn't affect my sleep, so I'm okay with drinking caffeine after two. But if it does affect your sleep, maybe that's one area you can look at. So, and like, don't think, I can't survive without caffeine. You actually can become dependent on caffeine. Like, you know, your body, your, your brain can become so used to it. But all it is, is just, caffeine is deferring and that's the key word to take from it. It's deferring the slump that you're getting. It's not getting rid of it. So when you drink coffee, literally it's just stopping signals getting to your brain saying I'm tired. Those signals aren't going away. When that caffeine wears off, those signals come on, plus all more that's built up. It's called adenosine, which is built up, and that just floods your brain, and you're, that's called a caffeine crash. Yeah, so instead of it naturally building up, you're getting it all at once. Yeah, and that's where the crash then is like, I'm after crashing, I need to get more caffeine, and then the cycle <laughs> continues. And with uh, like the life kind of we're saying again varies, but they say the half life is five hours for caffeine to flush out of your system. So for me, I know for a fact it flushes out of my system pretty quickly because I can get to sleepy really easily, that kind of thing. But keying in obviously takes a lot longer. That's just down to different enzymes in our bodies that do that job. So that's literally, you know. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Do you know the way we're born? Yeah, that's genetics. There we go. But like that's what it is. So it's about figuring out for you: does caffeine affect my my sleep, or does it not? If it doesn't, have a coffee whenever you want. Yeah. Uh, because so. if you if you identify that caffeine does affect your sleep, and you're still choosing to have a coffee at four or five o'clock in the day, then that's, you have to that, accept that's a decision that it's going making. to affect your sleep. Like, yeah. uh, and like even though I'd love to have a coffee some days at that time. I just, I just choose not to. Like Although it would be impartial to the odd uh, espresso martini. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the weekends don't come yeah. to that. The, uh, but like on, just a quick one there, is decaf only learned today. Uh, was that decaf coffee still contain about 15 to 30% caffeine. Dependent. Oh. So Didn't if you know. have two or three decafs, it can have the same effect as uh, a regular coffee as well. It's just being aware of that. So if you're horsing that back, yeah, it's going like, yeah, to keep you up. So it's just one of these things. Does, do you feel coffee affects your sleep? Do you drink a lot of coffee? Can you just reduce the coffee? Uh, mm. and have or, a or maybe less, have a cut-off point. Yeah, and have a cut-off day. point yeah. and see how that goes. But definitely, as Keen said, replacing it with like a, a green tea or a, you know, even a regular tea would have less caffeine. That kind yeah, of just stuff. be aware that there is still caffeine in green tea, but just a lot less. Yeah, so that's one area I think people need to look at is, and the caffeine is like coffee are huge you know like everybody drinks massive amounts of coffee so it's just one area that I think people can look at and say right I do drink a lot of coffee I'm going to try and cut down or reduce and just see how it works uh, because there's this word consequence I think people are afraid of and it's 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 probably a bit dramatic but for almost everything we do there's like a consequence or a reaction to what we do so if you figure out that caffeine is keeping you awake the, and you keep drinking it there's a consequence of you staying awake longer and not getting good enough sleep it's just accepting that yeah and then when you accept it's like okay that's caffeine covered there so I'd say yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about maybe um, kind of uh, creating the right environment next so like your bedroom is it clean is it tidy um, do you have blackout blinds what's the room temperature like so these are all like really important factors when it comes to getting to sleep and having a good night's sleep so uh, if 
like you have a very warm room um, you're going to find it hard to get to sleep or ideally your room's going to be nice and cool and then if you've got like a lot of light coming coming into the room in the morning that's going to affect your, your, your sleep in the morning so make sure that you've got blackout blinds as well very important there Yeah I think like a podcast I listened to before and it stayed in my mind is that a bedroom is for sleep and for sex if you're lucky enough and that that's a real valid point you shouldn't be doing anything else in the bedroom having a TV in your bedroom is a bad idea you know being on your phone in your bedroom is a bad idea because what you're trying to do is associate this area of this is where I go to sleep and so when you go in there again it creates this conscious awareness of okay it's time to start bringing things down and start, start going to sleep because if you're on screens if you're on your phone if you're, if you're watching TV you associate being in that place being awake I, I, I think everyone this stage now has been told or has heard like don't be um, looking at screens uh, just before before bed but like the, the reason for that is when we look at uh, those kind of um, screens whether it's on our phone or TV um, they produce blue light and uh, when we're looking at blue light, that is um, uh, suppressing our like sleep hormone melatonin whilst keeping our cortisol levels high. So it's like nearly telling your body it's still daytime. It's not time to go to sleep yet. So tricking, tricking your body to, and like as we said, like we 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 spoke about before and saying we're not just going to say come off screens because that's just such again again a general statement. We want you to understand why coming off the screen is important. And again, if you're on your screen, like most people are almost addicted to screens at this stage. I'll be confident enough to say that. Mm-hmm. And if you're on your screen, your your body isn't biologically getting ready to go to sleep. So you again, that's one area. So you're saying you can't get a good night's sleep. Are you on screens one hour before bed and? Never mind just the blue light. I think if you're on Instagram or Facebook and you're looking at other people's lives, the fake lives that people are putting up, like, you know, you think, oh my God, they have the best life ever. Like how life how is crap. that making you feel just before you go yeah. to bed? It's, it's a hundred thoughts going through your head already about what you want you know, tomorrow or how, how you're feeling about is yourself. Is that making you happy? Probably not. Yeah. So just, again, if, like you have to realise what you're doing is probably impairing your sleep. So instead of just saying you're getting a bad night's sleep, figure out what you're doing incorrectly so the screen thing is so important and I understand like an hour before bed maybe half an hour before bed would make a big difference but just don't be on it or just before you go to sleep that's going to cause your body to not kind of do its natural thing of cooling everything down and getting ready to yeah, go to sleep just being aware of th- those hormones uh, as well so again like melatonin the, the hormone that's going to help you get to sleep at night cortisol then very important in the morning it's what helps us wake up uh, in the morning but like you know not we don't want it so much at night time but unfortunately with all this blue light that we're intaking uh, late late at night it's it's like preventing us from going to sleep and getting a good night's sleep and this like you, you have a thing called it's a circadian rhythm where your body gradually starts like building up melatonin in the, in the evening to help you help your body to kind of slow down and get ready for sleep and as Keen said as the, as the night goes on it gets close to dawn you start getting cortisol released to try and wake you up that's your natural circuit, your natural rhythm of your body. And you have to try your best to not affect that. Like, you know, you have to keep that as smooth as possible. So one area is to, we spoke about maybe getting a book instead. So rather than just do nothing and coming off your screen, it's like, get a book. Um, but we, we did discuss maybe getting a book that, or like have two books. So have yeah. one book that's, Educational because we believe in that a lot, and you know something that might inspire you. But, but also that, that kind of book probably isn't you know ideal for nighttime listening or reading. Yeah, because that's the kind of book that's going to get your mind going uh, and prevent you from switching off. Yeah, so like maybe having a book that's just going to just going to as mindless as the world as was. But it's yeah. like yeah, it's like mindless TV. Yeah, have a, yeah. have a mindless book. Yeah, so you enjoy it's something you enjoy, but like at the same time, your brain can switch off. You can unwind to yeah, just just to, uh, just to, just to learn something. And like on the idea of like the brain racing, uh, I think that's one of the the main reasons people struggle to get to sleep. Really, so another thing to maybe look at is how long does it take you to fall asleep? Again, me and Kian, yin and yang. Uh, <laughs> like I, I just, I just have good sleep. I don't know. I, I fall asleep quite easily, and then Kian can takes up to you know, yeah, 30, 30 40 minutes. Yeah. minutes Whereas I be sleeping ten, asleep, fifteen like, minutes. Yeah. We don't know why, why that is, but there's things that I do. So my sleep routine is I kind of go to bed at a normal enough time for me, and I'll stick on a Calm app. Uh, Calm is the one we like to use ourselves, and. 
for me, we, we listen to myself and Lisa, we listen to the, the same sleep story every single night. I've tried to change it a few times, but she doesn't like change. Uh, so, listen to the same sleep stories. Matthew McConaughey giving me a sleep story. But what I realised is what that does for me is I'm lying in bed thinking about maybe 100 things I need to do for tomorrow in ATP or you know, what, what I want to achieve and all this kind of stuff. And then eventually, if I go from all that chatter in my head to actually listening, and I can feel that switch happening, listening to what Matthew McConaughey is saying, and I stop thinking about all these hundred things, and next thing, I'm gone. Sleep. Yeah. Done. Like, yeah. I couldn't do that then. I'd crack up if I listened to Matthew McConaughey over and over again every single night. So we listen to maybe something a bit different every night, but running out of content to listen to there now at this stage. <laughs> but it, it, for me, it's like... There's a quote there saying, a troubled mind makes for a restless pillow. I think that is an unbelievable quote. Uh, so like when you have a troubled mind or when you have a racing mind and you're thinking of all these things, it's really, really hard to go to sleep. So using apps like Calm are not for everybody, but I think for me it definitely takes just the concentration off uh, what I'm thinking to help me try and get to sleep. And that's just one example, but it's one that works for us. Yeah. That we find very and there valuable. Are other apps and stuff out there. We're not sponsored by camera and thing. Yeah, but like the other one is, and I think people are still quite hesitant of it. Is meditation? I think that's uh, something I've gotten into uh, over the last year and a half, I suppose. And for me, again, this is why it's worked for me. I think it's very beneficial for me. I'm not saying everybody has to do it, and it's for everybody. But what it does again, it settles down the mind. I was in the kitchen the other night with Lisa, and I was just hyper, had loads of energy. I think it was that we said it was after a hit class. Uh, we'll touch on that again in a few minutes. Why you will be kind of wired after classes like that. But she was like, "Go meditate." So I meditated fifteen minutes, and I just felt really calm inside, uh, and I was able to go upstairs and fall asleep quite easily. All meditation is is just stopping the brain from thinking of one hundred things. And focusing on something else, your brain can only ever really focus on one thing at a time. So if you're focusing on breathing, just taking deep breaths into the nose, out through the mouth, you're focusing on that, your brain finds it hard to focus on other things. Now you'll come and go between that, but when you kind of really give yourself to doing it for two minutes a day, then doing it for 10 minutes, it really, really is beneficial. I think that's an important point there, because like, you know, meditating for 15 minutes might seem like a bit extreme for a lot of people. So even if it's like literally for one minute. Yeah two minutes just make it easy and start really really small with it the biggest tip to bring that into sleep for me is sit on the edge of your bed and just sit there and do deep breathing like I, I, I always call it like, they're kind of similar like you know but I, I like mm. to call it deep breathing people are a bit more open to deep breathing than meditation so like deep breathing is sitting on your bed with your eyes closed and just taking big deep breaths just do it for 60 seconds and you'd be surprised what that'll do for you you know I said to people like meditation they're like oh I don't know like have you tried it no like then you don't know <laughs> you know and it's one of these things with meditation and I think this a lot of people think it's like this kind of out there weird kind of thing yeah. like this is my thing is speaking on it is because I was one of those people who was like oh geez no meditation but like I'm not saying you have to be a Buddhist but it just helps you slow down there was a I always happened which is the books I read listened to a book and they ran about eyesight and how we actually always live a half a second in the future I think this is getting weird now, but this is kind of really interesting. I was like, you know, because our eyesight, what it does, we look at something and we think what's going to happen next, and that's how we react. So we're always living a half a second in the future. We're never really actually stopped. In the moment. That blew my mind. I was like, <laughs> I was like, this is insane. I was like, so the only way you actually stop is by sitting down and fully stopping. If you're walking somewhere, if you're driving somewhere, you're thinking about, is there a car coming around the corner? Where am I going next? What's my next step? You're always ahead. And like, that's what I get about being about stopping, and that's what meditation does. Like, so it's yeah. just something to consider. I think a lot of people maybe like don't live in the moment at all. And yeah. it, you know, it, it's something that when you do, it's it's pretty unreal. But it's again, I'm not saying you have to stay there, but it's just every so often, it it can really, really help. Just calm everything down and just realize you're going 100 miles an hour all the time. So you need to try and slow down a little bit. Yeah, I think it prevents people from kind of maybe like enjoying time that they're having as well I think we were walking through that yeah, uh, when we first kind of got ATP going mm-hmm. not celebrating like little wins and stuff uh, or just kind of not enjoy, not enjoying things as much as we should yeah well it, our minds were racing constantly and we were always thinking ahead what's next yeah. what's next what's next but we weren't kind of living in the moment I think that was a big learning curve I think it was even Massive, for you yeah. For you, sometimes it was like on holidays even you couldn't really kind of yeah. you know because we were always thinking what am I doing when I get back to ATP yeah <laughs> so like and it's it's like that that racing mind is something to just be aware of. I think that that'll be one thing that a lot of people will really relate to. Mm-hmm. And again, it comes back to this thing of you can do something about it. Do you know? So rather than just accept this is happening to you, 
what can I do about it? So it is like meditation, deep breathing, speaking to somebody, getting something off your chest. And I say off chest, off your head is the, probably the literal term before you go to bed. So yeah. speaking to a Not friend. Not bottling or a things up and worrying about things. Yeah. Massive one, yeah. I said to Keen, like if you're lying in bed, and it's hard to comprehend, if you're lying in bed, there is nothing you can do about what the problem is in your head right there and then. Now that might be hard to understand, but there's nothing you can do. If there's a problem you need to do in work or whatever, if you're lying in bed, if you plan on staying in bed, there's nothing you can do about the problem. So all you're doing is worrying about something you can do nothing about for that period of time. Yeah. I think unfor- unfortunately people like let that let that issue like manifest in their head and like you know let it spiral out of control. How many times have we been stressed about things and ninety nine percent of the time it's never been as bad as we thought. Ninety percent. Ninety percent, yeah. Ninety <laughs> percent, yeah, maybe. Uh, but it is that thing of like you're having this conversation in your head and you've gone you've jumped about five five things in your head that this is going to happen by the end and it's just, it's never the case. Like it's it's you know so it's just being aware true, yeah. when you when you are trying to get sleep, is it something in your head that's stopping you? Uh, I think that's that quote about trouble troubled mind makes a restless pillow. Is it a troubled mind or a racing mind that's causing that? Speaking to somebody, meditation, deep breathing, and maybe journaling as well as another one. Maybe before you go to bed, just writing down your thoughts, just empties it out of the head yeah, and stuff. I think being able to like slow down and live in the moment as well, like definitely like you know, like you know, in- in- increase your level of happiness as well, instead of like you know, worrying all the time and let- letting things spiral out of control in your head when they haven't even happened yet. Yeah, what we, what we say as well, we, when we talk about these things that we're going to so across, we're saying none of this is easy. No, like it's not even we're just giving you advice we're not saying we like we still struggle with these areas and stuff as well but it's just mm-hmm. it's what's the word responsibility yeah it's it's you accepting responsibility for what you're doing instead of having that the, the, the big one there is sleep you, you hear a lot of people say uh, I'm, a, I'm a bad sleeper and it's just like it's like as if they just like accept it and they can do nothing about it yeah so like you know it's like you might be a bad sleeper now but there's definitely some steps you can take to improve yeah or to even try and improve and that, that, that goes for all the aspects of nutrition of training it's like you know I'm you identify yourself as I am bad at this I'm like okay but what are you doing to try to improve it yeah. and it's, a lot of times the answer is nothing so it's just knowing that we can do things about it like other things that affect our sleep are going to be you know alcohol is a big one uh, huge yeah it's the one that we have to touch on so like alcohol while it can help you fall asleep it's definitely going to have a massive impact on your quality of sleep. Yeah. So, like, you know, if you're on a night out, you... Saturday night. Saturday night, yeah. <laughs> Consume a lot of alcohol. Yes, you're going to fall asleep faster, but, you know, you're you're not going to have as good quality sleep that night. Like, your body is... We talk, spoke about this before, that when you drink alcohol, your body is literally poisoned, and all I want to do is get rid of that alcohol. It's I a toxin. Yeah, it is a toxin to the body, and as well, it is... But... You're gonna wake up uh, more tired. You're gonna wake up dehydrated. Like it's so you might think you've got seven eight hours, but like the actual quality of sleep is so important. Like we sleep in cycles. Never really get into that full REM sleep, which is like your body recovering. The highest quality uh, sleep. Yeah, like you never really get into that. You know, with the alcohol. So it's important to try and just again, don't think I can't sleep, so I'm gonna have three glasses of wine to help me sleep. As much, all that's doing is getting rid of the restless mind, in my opinion. Like, you know, it's getting you to not think about problems. That Help you switch off in that moment. Yeah, but in regards to quality of sleep, it's going to affect you longer term. Yeah. You know what I mean? So just being aware of that. Uh, and also, like, if you're going to bed at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning and you're getting up at 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, you know, then you've only had a few hours sleep as well. So that that's just going to absolutely the day. We, we both drink, just in case anyone yeah. uh, <laughs> thinks we're fun, please. Heavy Still both drink, yeah. Party, but like... Uh, <laughs> Again, it's this thing of like, we're giving the advice uh, for someone who might struggle to get to sleep. And someone saying they don't have time to go to bed or get enough, get enough hours. My first question is, what time have you gone to bed at? It's like, oh, 11 o'clock. I'm like, oh, can you go to bed at 10 o'clock? So, or like, what were you doing in that hour to two before bedtime? It's almost always Netflix. Uh, yeah, so I'm Netflix, watching my social show. media. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, so you're choosing. And then I, I've heard like, arguments back. You know, That's my time. Okay, I accept that, you know, you're busy and that's your time, but is that time on Netflix or social media, see, a person sees that as more important than their sleep, but I'm telling now from a health and performance point of view, it's not. Or could you maybe still have it as your time, but just do something a little differently with it? Yeah, so you're not you're having going to bed, like, after consuming screens for an hour, you know, yeah. it's just something to be aware of. Yeah. Uh, like food before bed so we want to knock one on the head there I think everyone do you know what we realise people don't still notice like eating carbs after 6 o'clock or 8 o'clock like it, do, it doesn't matter the, the, the time you consume food when it comes to weight loss and weight gain doesn't actually matter it's the amount of food I think we 
should I hope by listening to this you understand that but from ATP now at the moment so eating at 7 or 8 o'clock uh, a carb meal surprisingly will actually help you sleep as long as it's not an overconsumption of a carb meal but carbohydrates so like think Christmas day uh, coming up in a few weeks and uh, you finish your Christmas dinner and you're absolutely wrecked on the couch just want to go for a nap that's 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 your body working really hard to digest all that food, but also like the carbs are making you feel satiated, giving you that kind of warm feeling that you want to go for a nap. Carbs help with your sleep. You might physically be working hard, but your body is. Yeah. <laughs> so like carbs will help you sleep. So having a, a small carb meal, if you again if you struggle to sleep, small carb meal a couple an hour, a couple hours for a bit, can actually help you sleep. It's not going to make you fat. It's maybe not maybe just watching the the high sugar content there. Yeah. So as Keem saying about a client, you know, waking up in it's like two, two o'clock in the morning, yeah. like yeah. So. Uh, um, like you know, not not being able to identify why they're falling asleep at like ten or eleven, then waking up a few hours later, and went through like you know what they're eating before bed, and it was all kind of like you know sugary foods, which are unfortunately the kind of like the foods people go to at that hour 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 of the night. Uh, so it's like getting that sugar spike hitting you at two o'clock in the morning is what what I was waking you up. Wake up like, and that's. Like again, an over-consuming, like as in massively over-consuming, can massively affect your sleep as well and how you feel. Both so guilty like, of that. We can both be very guilty <laughs> of that from our burger challenge that we done two years ago. Three was years it f- ago. five pounds of food? Five pounds of food. It was a five, challenge to be fair. I enough. finished it, Ian didn't. Just all right, like <laughs> he, he was shouting at me to eat the last few chips. That I, was going, I did get. To, I actually went and got sick. Uh, but literally, we felt so bad after it. Absolutely and, like, horrendous for about five hours. Yeah, had a horrendous sleep that night. So again, it's like when we say having carbs, like over-consuming of a certain thing as well can also lead to bad sleep so if you're having a huge a large meal at 10 11 o'clock at night and then trying to go to sleep your body's working very hard so very hard, again yeah. that's that's one of these things and you're lying down as well so you just it's only a small like digestion naturally naturally happens from the muscles contracting but also if you're lying down it's not helping digestion either yeah, you're not going to feel good yeah, yeah so just being aware i of think those. the last one to touch on there so maybe is uh the exercising late uh, yeah, and especially the type of exercise. Yeah, so I think like uh, I was nearly, I nearly, nearly put people off my hit classes there for a few weeks. I was talking about Doctors sleep. going no one left in your class, right? I was talking <laughs> about sleep and like you know how certain classes can affect you. I said your circadian rhythm and uh, can affect like how your how your cortisol levels are. So remember, cortisol peaks in the morning, slows down as the evening goes on. Melatonin is is low in the morning and peaks as the evening goes on. So when you do high intensity training. So that's hit training. It's really full-on intense. Heart rate's going 100 miles an hour. You're working as hard as you can. And then you're in, in and there's music pumping. It's just like your cortisol levels are spiking hard. So you're like, you're, you're also alert. Also from the exercise, you know, you're releasing uh, endorphins. Yeah. So you're, you, you're going to be a while coming down from there. You're like well. fully alert and wide awake. Like, so like we'd be buzzing after do teaching the class. So the people <laughs> hitting, like doing the class, if, if you're one of these people that you do hit training or really, really intense training late in the evening, but again, it takes you 10, 11, 12 o'clock to get to sleep. Then again, you're not looking at the importance of sleep. You, you're putting this hit session above sleep quality. Uh, and it's, we always say this, like, as gym owners, we should promote and come to the gym as much as you can. But it's not the case. It's like your sleep is so important. So if you're struggling to get to sleep because of your hit class, maybe look at doing a class earlier in the day or training session earlier in the day if you can. and Or even when you finish your, your training session to try and find ways to to switch off by doing like like some meditation and all that kind of yeah. stuff but, like, but, but again like everyone's different yeah. so well some some people will go to class in the evening or do a PT session in the evening and train hard like it might have absolutely no impact on them whatsoever for some people it might be completely disruptive to yeah. their night's sleep so it's with people it's saying to people are you one of these people who says I'm a bad sleeper okay and if that's a yes then why are you a bad sleeper now, if you have kids, I often say it to all the mothers, I'm like, if we can come up with a cure for mothers to get more sleep, we would be absolute millionaires. We don't have it yet. Uh, if anyone has any advice, more than welcome to share it with us and we'll share it to our clients. It is an area I think that we'll touch on you know, down the line, probably get somebody, an expert in at some stage, because like, it is just kind of messing about it now, but it is a serious issue of like um, new mothers like getting two or three hours sleep from uh, you know having to be up with the baby all night, it is quite detrimental. Uh, yeah, massively. But we know we understand there's no, almost nothing you can do about that. But just knowing it is going to affect you, and not being too hard on yourself. 
I think mothers can be quite hard on themselves. Do you know if their training session is lacking, or if they miss a training session, and you're like, oh, but I uh, only two hours sleep. I was up at the small one all night. So you know what's more important there? Like you get the training session, you get an extra few hours of sleep. Yeah, but, you know definitely. It is going to be the sleep, and we understand sleep. the training session makes you feel good and feel better. But from a physiological point of view, your body wants more sleep. So just be being aware of that. Uh, versus like someone asked me about like shift workers, and we don't want to say like don't do shift work because that's not a real possibility. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, there's enough studies there to say like shift workers have it really tough when it comes to the physical effects it has on your body. So if you're doing shift work, your your body clock is all over the place, uh, especially constant shift work. I said, Keen, if you're doing shift work, but it's the same shift for a long period of time, your body can adapt to that eventually, which is great. But if it's just these constant changing shifts, there's so much happening chemically in your body, which is not helping you things that you need to be aware of are if you're finished a big long shift a 12 hour nurse on her feet for 12 hours uh, you know someone can go to the factory for 12 hours you're absolutely exhausted you're going back in again to start your shift again should you be doing a, a training session from coming straight from your 12 hour shift in my opinion the answer is no yeah so much more important that you're going home and getting your sleep and that's then where like you know if you are going having to sleep in the middle of the day that's where, like, you know, the importance of having the right sleep environment comes in when it comes to, like, your bedroom. Yeah, especially if it's a morning one, exactly, having those blackout blinds and stuff. But if you come training, let's say, let's say you come training at 8 o'clock in the morning after coming off shift, you train for 30, 40 minutes, but then you go home at 9 o'clock, you have to have something to eat, so you have your food, and then you're going to sleep again. It's similar to this hit session that we were talking about, you know, like, your, your body clock is kind of out of sync but you're also kind of wide awake from your training sessions taking an hour to get to sleep you're getting you want to have a bit of the day to do a few jobs you're only sleeping for four or five hours you, you don't you're, you're underestimating the damage we're doing to our bodies long term when that happens you know I understand short term isn't the end of the world but long term it really is detrimental so just if you are a shift worker start looking at other areas where you can really improve your health like it does show uh, you know what it does long term if you're on shift work the risk that increases of certain diseases. So, but there are ways you can counteract that by having a really good diet, by exercising when you can, by you know working on stress management. All these areas can be improved. Not smoking, you know, reducing alcohol. They will help counteract some of it. But if you're combining all these, so some of the studies will obviously show workers are more at risk of heart disease and cancers. That's probably I don't, I don't want this isn't me backing up anything, but it's probably because you're on shift work. You're probably eating worse because you're on you're on shift work you're kind of going for these sugary foods you're probably probably too tired to train you know you're probably stressed so like all these compounding variables will probably lead to that it's not just this root cause of shift work it's what that kind of implies it's shift workers whether it's moms or it's like anyone at all there's going to be certain factors that you will have zero control over but it's about taking control over the variables that you can yeah and that, that's what we want you to try and do. So take the few points that we took of, like, if you if you accept yourself that you're a bad sleeper, then you need to figure out, are there things I can do to try and improve my sleep? And and, and forget about trying everything at once. Yeah. Like, pick one and yeah. do that. Yeah. So and, like, like, watch and see the benefits of that one thing and then maybe start thinking about introducing something else. So can you go to bed, uh, bed at a set time? Can you reduce your caffeine? Can you come off your screens a bit earlier? Can you try meditation or deep breathing? Can you try calm apps? Training time, reading a book, getting the temperature of your room right, do you know, less uh, food or the right type of food before bed. Can you do? Can you try some of these things? I think everyone should be at, at least able to try one of those yeah. things. So give that a go and like really, we hope it improves your sleep because it will improve your sleep, it will improve your health and it will improve your mood for everyone else around you as well. So yeah. give it a go. Uh, I think that's a lot of sleep there. We can't <laughs> talk that much about sleep. Uh, but we do want to just touch on another really important uh, area which is goal setting. Especially this time of year where, like, you know, we're heading into the New Year's and everyone's going to be, like, thinking of New Year's resolutions yeah. and um, maybe... We, uh, we looked up a stat on New Year's resolutions. as based in America, but still it was, like, uh, almost 80% of resolutions fail. I, I actually thought it was going to be higher. Yeah, and, and I suppose it could be, you know. Uh, and I'm all for goal setting. I absolutely love... It's, it's a part of my personality. I'm very goal-driven. But... There's ways of doing goals and there's ways of not doing goals. Uh, and approaching it the right way is very, very important. So we have we can have small goals and large goals. But for me, the scariest part is I think a lot of people feel they don't have goals. And that's something we need to address. Yeah, or a kind of a common question that we get is, what should my goal be? Yeah. Which is, you know, 
like we can't determine what you're not going to achieve the goal we we want you to get help you set a goal and identify a goal and we can help you reach a goal but we can't tell you what your goal is no and and because that's that's just not how it works it's like it has to be first and foremost the goal has to be something you want to achieve it it shouldn't be something you're you feel like you have to do because everyone else is doing or because your friend is doing goal to lose a stone like that's one of the oh my goal is to lose a stone why do you want to lose a stone like what do you feel that's going to bring to you then you start identifying that I think we spoke I don't know we speak on it before about the three whys yeah. you know of like you know ask yourself why three it's, times it's never the first way never the first way it's always a deeper root of cause and it's when you get to that root cause that's because that, that when you, if you answer those three questions or those three whys then it, that's what's going to give you the drive. That's what's going to give you the term, determination to actually do it. You're like, oh, I'm actually really doing it for this reason. So if you're if you're very overweight and unhealthy, I want to lose weight to be healthier. Why do you want to be healthier? I want to be healthier so I can just feel better about myself. Why do you want to feel better about myself? I want to feel better about myself so I can play with my kids and have energy to play with my kids and have my kids. There you go. Well, that's a driving force like nothing else you're ever going to do. So like you probably do whatever it takes to get to that yeah. goal. You, you know, I've identified a massive motivation yeah. that will help you reach your goal. And that's it. a lot of people will just do a superficial why. I just want to lose stone. Just and that's the issue this. with like these New Year's resolutions that um, a lot of the time they're just superficial. Yeah. Or, or instead of it being like a deep rooted kind of desire or motivation to achieve something. I think the, f- the fear is that when people set a goal is it becomes real and that initially we'll have that fear of failure so I've I've set this goal uh, what if I fail and I spoke on it yesterday with you about every goal in my opinion should be written down and it's up to you obviously. it makes it real yeah and I think tell, tell a couple of people about your goal I'm, I'm more afraid to tell everybody what I'm trying <laughs> to achieve but for me that's just a little bit of accountability uh, and if you don't achieve it it's not the end that's you know if if you fail on the goal, that's okay. You know yeah. it's not the end of the road. I think we'd be both okay with admitting that we've failed more times than we've succeeded. Hundred percent. With that failure, like once you once you learn from your mistakes, once you learn something from that failure, like you know the the next time round you're more you're better equipped. I think that next time round is the thing. A lot of people will fail and stop. So I tried this. Mm. It didn't work. So I'm stopping. And you're probably just one more go away. You could always be one more go away, but you, you could be one more go away from, I've failed, I learned what to do that time, so I'm going to try this now, yeah. and then you get it. But but if you're, if you're, if you're learning something every time, you know, it's, it's never really a, f- a failure as such yeah. because you're, t- you're taking more information, more knowledge on board every time you do it. That's assessing the failure, which I think people don't do. And I think we talk about that on diets, very, very much so. Like if someone fails on a diet... It's just like that diet didn't work for me instead of assessing what has actually happened here. So have I failed on this diet because it wasn't a good diet that suited me? You know, I went too extreme on a certain case. I didn't try to educate myself in any way, you know, so I failed. So the next time I try a diet, I need to make sure of these things not happening again. But no, people, some people don't assess this. They just go, didn't work. New gym, new diet, off we go. Yeah, I think that's one we hear a lot. It's like, you know, I went to X gym, but it didn't work for me. Mm. It's like, why didn't it work for you? Like, and not identifying what 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 the issue was. Yeah. So like f- for goal setting, it's important to number one probably be the most important thing to you that you want to achieve. Doesn't have to be that. a physical goal. It's a real popular one, and like for me as well, you know, I like to set physical goals of what I want to physically be in. But a lot of people get caught up thinking it has to be. If we ask you in the gym, what's the goal? You think it has to be a weight loss goal? No, it doesn't. Like if your goal is to feel better in your head then you just want to come in and train, just come in and train. But, and you're you're achieving your goal daily by doing that, you know? I, I, th- I think being honest with yourself is a big one there. Like, you know, be honest with yourself to what, what it is you really want to achieve. I think people don't don't want to be, and uh, that might be a bit controversial, don't want to be honest with themselves. They don't want to ask themselves the hard questions. They're probably afraid of what they might find, you know? Uh, like, if you tell someone, like, what do you really want? Most people like, I don't know. I don't know what I want to achieve. Like, everyone, everybody is doing something for a reason. You're getting up out of, out of bed in the morning. You're going to work. You're, if you're training, you're going training. You're, if you're not going to train, you're playing a sport. Like whatever you're doing, that's, it's that's for really a reason. That's really important to note there. Like, you know, even people who say that like, they might not have a goal, they, but they do because they're coming training. You know, They're yeah. coming training to be healthier, to feel better. That's for your their goal. For their headspace, like, you know, to get stronger. 
you're just like, not identifying it as a goal. Like, that's the thing. Like, they don't yeah. have any goals. I'm like, yes, you do. You're doing... Like, if you do something daily to try and achieve something, that's a goal. So, repeat, if you do something daily to try and achieve something, that's a goal. So, whatever you're trying to achieve, whether it be short-term or long-term, whether that be in the gym, by trying to train to lose weight or to get healthier or to be stronger, whether it's in your going to work and working hard every day to try and, you know, get that promotion or get to the next level or in your career, whether it be, you know, through relationships by, you know, speaking to your partner or, you know, treating your partner to something nice, whatever, to improve your relationship. These are all things you are doing to have an end goal, to try and improve something in your life. Yeah, I think people like aren't maybe kind of like identifying those things as goals, unfortunately, and then they might kind of feel a bit bad in themselves for yeah. not having goals, and then kind of come up with something yeah, superficial, create, create, create something, create like, something yeah. like yeah. So like, f- f- when it comes to goal setting in the new year, like if you have set goals this year, look back on them. I plan on doing it. I have a board. I call it my insane board. It's just like I write loads of stuff up on it, and some of my goals are up there. I'll look back on that now in the next week, couple of weeks. I'll assess what I've achieved. I've learned to swim. Very happy with that one. That was up there. Uh, but a few other things, and some I haven't achieved. W- will I be disheartened? Maybe slightly looking at some of them, and, but all I'll ever do is question why I didn't achieve that goal. And look, I'll be quite an honest person with myself. 99% of the time, it's going to be something I haven't done uh, or have done that, that stopped me from achieving that goal. So like, You've just prioritised maybe something else instead yeah, of it. something else becomes important. And that's what, what you touched on there is really important that people think they've set this goal I know it's set in concrete. That's what I was going to say next. Is like you know, um, you know, like ask yourself, is it something superficial or is this something I really, really care about? Yeah. Because if it's something you really, really care about, you're going to be willing to do what it takes to achieve it. Like willing and wanting are two completely different things. Yeah, and we we talked about that before. Like you know, everyone wants things, but it's like you know, what are you willing to do to yeah. achieve it? Like I want. I we, we spoke this. <laughs> I, I want to have uh, lower body fat levels. But I'm not willing to. I know what I, I know what it physically take, will take for me to to get there. Mm. I'm not willing to do that right now. Yeah, and and you've been there and done that. Like you know, I think uh, going there. Like you know, like you've you yourself have set like some like really big goals and achieved them. So maybe you told people like like what's your process for setting a goal? So for me, it really is figuring out what I want to achieve. Like so, like for me, like some of my bodybuilding competitions that I done, I done four. And I was into training. I said I want to, I want to compete, but obviously to win a bodybuilding competition. So I didn't set myself a goal of competing in a bodybuilding competition. I set myself a goal of winning a bodybuilding competition. And when I set that goal, that became different from competing in one. Because if I compete in one, I would have done my first one, and that's my goal ticked off. My first one, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. Uh, thought as a bodybuilder, I was just someone who was in half decent shape on stage. Uh, wasn't learned a lot from that process. Uh, then like di- didn't win. Took me three competitions to really figure out four competitions. I finally won. And I got massive gratification from it, and I ticked the box. But like, it was that specificity of the goal that I wanted to win one versus take part in one that really drove me to keep going for four years to try and win one. You know what I mean? And if I didn't win one, I'm stubborn enough to probably still be doing it. You probably still yeah, at yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Like, and that's uh, it's it's that that thing again of like, if you fail, don't don't stop. Like, you know, yeah. just 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 keep going to the I end. Know. Like, I believe it because I suppose like I was there. I trained with you when you were training for that competition and spent a lot of time with you (laughs) and it was that 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 kind of like that that drive and that vision like helped you focus then on like you know like nothing else mattering at the time and that's a big thing there as you said because looking back now look if I'm being honest like bodybuilding competitions are bollocks like (laughs) in my opinion like at that time literally was the most important thing in my life uh really was one of the most important things in my life like you know uh i would do anything it takes to win to to get to to that level i will train as hard as i can i will diet as hard as i need to to win and that became so important now obviously as i've matured i looked at things are are obviously a bit more important but at that time that was the number one focus so that was it I think if you're going to achieve anything at all it you have to have that goal that goal focus of this is what i want to achieve and I can't let anything deter me from achieving that. Like, you know, you need to have that pig head, pig head in this, I call it, in my opinion. Because sometimes you get down in yourself, you're like, I'm doing this for a fucking plastic trophy. Do you know what I mean? And at the yeah. end of the day, that's what it is. But it's so much more than that in your head. Uh, and if you can make something in your head really, really important, you will do whatever it takes to achieve that thing. And that's all that matters, really, at the end of the day, is your mindset towards yeah. something and, like, you know, your your your, your headspace toward, toward, towards like, something. Did you set yourself a clear goal to lose weight when you decided to lose weight? 
Uh, y- yes, but like you know, I suppose again there was there was failure in that as well. The first few times I decided I was going to lose weight, I put on weight. Uh, so it was just like through trial and error and through those failures and learning from like what not to do uh, that eventually I started things started to click and and things uh, kind of started to fall in place when I learned how to train properly when I started learning uh, more and more about nutrition uh, so you know over time um, through trial and error through like you know ups and downs and 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 f- failures that's when kind of like things started to, to to come together and it became like consistent as opposed to uh, yo-yo which unfortunately a lot of people get like trapped into and feel is like the only way um so definitely getting across that message is, is if if like you have a clear enough vision of what you want and you're willing to learn from like your mistakes and failures then like you will get to where you want to be yeah like go and goals can change if you're doing if you're p- being like me pig headedness towards goal something comes along in your life that becomes more important than that goal it is okay to halt that and move it to one side and realize yourself this has become more important so i'm going to focus on this now you don't have to think i can't do anything else because of this but like, there'll be times like say if kids come along or whatever like you know that that will become more important than something else that's just kind of assessing where you're at at that point or that given time yeah. So like you know that that that's a really important thing to do as well, because if like if something does come along, that's suddenly more important than what you're focusing on. Uh, it's 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 okay to change focus. It's realizing what's important to you in your life, and again, it's having this honest conversation with yourself. Do you know what you want to achieve? I think we've some amazing clients who have really kind of upped their lives and decided to go traveling or change careers. And I'm like the balls that that takes yeah. is, and these are females, but the the balls that takes is on is admirable. I love when there. I see yeah. it, like you know what I mean. It's just because people have this fear of what if I don't, what if it doesn't work out, and if it doesn't work out, you you'll always look back in three or four years time and go, that was a tough time, but I'm now through this tough time, and here I am. Yeah, and I suppose ask yourself as well, like what's an even scarier thought is like, but what if I don't? Yeah, because like what happens if you're looking back in a few years time and like you know you're massively unhappy because you didn't yeah. go for it it's when you could have yeah the big thing is to set, like set a clear goal uh, maybe put a time on it but again if that time lapses if you're past 12 weeks or 6 months or a year and you haven't achieved that goal okay that's that's not the goal hasn't been achieved it's just like great we're still walking towards that goal yeah. you know it's, it's not it's not an end point it's just trying to the time thing is to try and get you to take action to move yeah. nothing happens unless you do something <laughs> like nothing the happens the next thing there would be like to make it real so as you say either write it down or like tell a few people you don't have to tell the world yeah. but like you know tell tell your trainer tell tell a few close friends yeah. um, uh, making it real and then just it's figuring figure out I think like for me it's like I, I take this approach with a lot of things it's like figure out what you want to do or what you want to achieve write down what's needed to achieve it and start walking through that list like, you know, so even if it comes to something with ATP, it's like, we want to achieve this, we want to achieve podcasts with ATP. So for two podcasts with ATP, you need to find out where you can do podcasts. We need to fi- figure out what we want to talk about in podcasts. Then we need to book the podcast and pay for the podcast. And then th- th- all these things are, this is what we need to do. You can do that with absolutely everything. So your goal is to, I want to lose two stone. Okay, so you'll have so many people in January saying, I want to lose the Christmas weight. You shouldn't be putting on too much of Christmas if you're aware of things. Like Christmas is to, to enjoy, but... You know, we'll be talking on the next podcast more about that, but it's just like, don't be like throwing all the ties out of the pram again of like, it's December, it's Christmas, I'll eat and drink whatever I want. That shouldn't be the case because you're going to come back feeling guilty in January, but uh, you have a bad association starting. But if you're like, two stone is my weight loss goal, come January, is it really important to you? If it is, you figure out what you need to do, which is going to be looking at your nutrition, it's going to be training, it's going to be getting good night's sleep, all the things we talk about, and then it's going to be what's key and said, what are you willing to do? You know, are you willing to actually look at your nutrition and you know cut down your, your in what you need to cut down on? Are you willing to exercise regularly? If if you're not willing to do those things, ask yourself why. And a lot of time it's going to be because, yeah, I like I'd like to lose two stone, but it's going back to it again. Like you know, they they want to lose it, but yeah. we all want to be in better shape. We all want to be in better shape. We all want to be healthier, stronger, further on in our careers. We all, we all want. Unfortunately, that's not how it works. You can't just want and it, and it happens. You have to act action on it. You have to really, really want it enough to be willing to do yeah. whatever it well, takes. Only you can, can take control. Yeah. Only you can take action from it. Yeah. And so, like, so, like, thing is, like, we're gonna leave you with a few just tips. Uh, one or two on the sleep, and a few on the goal setting. 
just to kind of so you understand that we talk about it. I think I know we use the word power. I feel a bit weird, like using the word power, but I think like control. Yeah, we have we have massive control or power over our own lives, whether we whether we believe it or not. What you decide to do, things you're doing, all have consequences, good and bad. So like, if you're doing something that's not helping you, look at what you're doing and realize you can change. Mm-hmm. If you look at something that is helping you, maybe doing more of that can help you improve your quality of life. But it's down to what you want the most. Yeah. So the last one there on 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 the goals, because well, I, I think a lot of people fear um, the the chance of like failure, but like it's knowing that failure is okay just learn from it yeah it really is important that like you know don't think it's an end point uh and it is it is crap when you fail it yeah, doesn't like it doesn't, it doesn't a- feel good even AP, atp when like you know we opened that firstly with massive failures we didn't have a clue what we were doing from a business point of view yeah. but like we learned and we learned fast and we you know brought in the right people around we asked for help, help as well like yeah. that was a big thing being able and, to ask for you help. know we went off seeking uh, a mentor who like you know was the right person for us at yeah. that time that we learned massively from uh, so it's, it's okay to ask for help yeah and that's so like it can be scary to take on something you know and it's so important to understand a health goal is fantastic but it doesn't have to be that if your goal is career if it's relationship if it's if it's something if it's you know, getting a house like what these are all as we said people aren't associating those goals for whatever reason maybe because they they don't want to see it as like a goal is something you fail or you get but yeah, that's something you said there yesterday. If you if you were to ask a lot of people, uh, give me three goals. Like a lot of people would struggle to oh, give you. Like I've done it with a couple of clients of like you know, list three things you've achieved in your life. And I I'd, I'd question I'd ask everyone to listen to the podcast to do this right now in your head. Like list three things you're you've achieved and are, and are proud of in your life, and people will struggle because I, I always thought as an Irish society or just society in general, we very quickly achieve something and it's like as we walk away, what's next, and not giving ourselves that credit. If you like, if you have healthy kids and you're around kids really well, you've achieved that. That's a massive, massive achievement. If you finished school, if you finished college, if you got a nice job, if you if you if you managed to get the car that you wanted or a house that you wanted, if you managed to you know live a healthier life, like, these are all things you're achieving on a daily basis. Pass your driving test, well done. But yeah. you don't give yourself the well done. You're like, oh, that's just something that just happened. No, it's not. It's something we've been guilty of is like c- celebrate the small wins Huge, as as yeah. well as the big ones. We had to, and it took us a while to do that. Like you know, I was like. This is what it's, it's what's expected is what people have this mentality of this is expected. Yes, it might be expected, but you've still done it. A lot of people don't do these things. So give yourself a pat on the back. Want to drive on 100% and be better and be more and be the best that you can. Like, But, you know, still give yourself, look back and go, whoa, we've yeah, achieved just, this. Just acknowledge what you've achieved along the way. Yeah, and that's all we're saying. Um, we go through the tips? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> One hour, it's not too bad. Um, so first few... Um, first few here is just uh, sleep sleep related so the first one is create the right environment so this is going back to what we were talking about uh, a while ago creating the right environment for you uh, to have a good night's sleep yeah. so looking at your your room is it clean is it tidy uh, is it set at the right temperature do you have blackout um, having, having, having a look at like no screens in the room no, scre- no yeah. screens in the room is a big one yeah. um, no screaming babies social media <laughs> Uh, but yeah it is it's a few things just to set it up that like, the, your bedroom is for those reasons like you know just to go to sleep or yeah. sex but like you know it is use it for that and not anything else and you will see that that will naturally help get a bit of sleep yeah, perfect so second one how much sleep is right for you so uh, identifying how much sleep you need so not getting stressed out, out about like not getting your eight hours sleep uh, like if, you, if you're someone who's perfectly happy and functions 100% with six and a half hours sleep you know that's okay too but uh, like you know identify how much sleep you need and try to aim for that like the, the two questions that came from that book already was can you do you need a nap at 10 or 11 o'clock or would you go to sleep if you could uh, if the answer is yes you're probably not getting enough sleep can you get to 12 o'clock comfortably without caffeine if the answer's no then you're probably not getting enough sleep yeah, so like as you're, you're waking up in the morning you're like oh my god I need coffee yeah then you're probably that's, there are two clear signs you're probably not getting enough sleep so it's just something to identify and address uh, create uh, a pre-bed routine okay so you know uh, setting yourself up for a good night's sleep so yeah. that might be again like you know switching off the screens an hour or two before bed finding yourself uh, a nice uh, book that you enjoy but that isn't going to like stimulate the mind too much yeah. um, deep breathing meditation yeah, exactly. try try it uh, I said like people will be surprised once you get into it it does massively help in my opinion uh, and also I think you know making sure 
as much of a sleep routine as you can get into uh, is very important. Like you know, a bedtime, you're like, right, I'm going to go to bed now. Uh, keep it within an hour, half an hour of that kind of time. And you'll see that your body will start adapting to being tired at that time. Yeah, that there's not a massive, like a wild variation between like your your bedtimes. Like yeah. yeah. Okay, going on to the goals. Um, identify areas you want to improve the most. Don't just pick something for the sake of it. Yeah, you have to. If it's not important, yeah, you're not going to achieve it. You won't. Uh, so make sure it's something you really want. Don't think it's something you think you should say you want. Like to a trainer, you're probably not going to go. Oh, it's lose weight. But that's just something you think you have to say. That's just jumping on the bandwagon. Yeah. And if you do, if if it is, if losing weight is a really important goal, to you, then the people who the people who successfully lose weight are the ones who it's really important to. The people who don't, because they're willing to learn, they're willing to do, you know, change their nutrition habits, they're willing to exercise. If they ask for your opinion, you give it. You they take your advice on board and they follow that advice. And that they're the ones who lose weight and keep it off. The ones who don't lose weight are the ones who kind of want to lose weight like the majority of the population but you know <laughs> don't want to do what it actually takes I said I, I said to people from a physical point of view this is from what I understand of nutrition and physiology of the body I personally believe if your psychology is right you can manipulate your body to be any shape you want for me it's nutrition like physical body and psychology are the three that if you uh, we understand those well not psychology part fully but the other two we're are, learning yeah really well but like so by knowing that physically you can manipulate the body to be almost anything you want if someone follows what you say that then comes down to like mindset yeah um next one ask yourself the why behind your goal yeah. So, you know, by asking yourself the why behind your goal, you're going to identify, like, you know, the importance of it. I think the fair of that is people might ask themselves the why and realise, oh, this isn't that important. Do you know, that could be, honestly, like, I think people could be yeah, like, it's true. I, want, I want to lose weight, but why? I don't really know why. Do you know, I just, My friend I, wants to I think it. it's something that I need to do, like, you know, or like that kind of, so like, if it's not, and if it's not that important, then it becomes, oh, shit. Do you know, so asking yourself the why, like, find, there's nothing more gratifying for me of finding a goal that you want to pursue relentlessly like you know when you realise that this is really important for me for me you know right now it's creating this online platform for educating people is the clear goal of the next step and I'm like my brain doesn't stop but that's it's it's excitement and once we have that clear vision now like you know it'll be relentless until every, we get there every so when, when you identify very like, to, to a clear specific thing of what you want to achieve no matter what it is no matter what area every single decision you make from that point on is guiding you towards that specific goal. If you don't have anything specific, you could end up anywhere. You know, you're not you're not doing anything specifically on a day to day basis. Your decision making to get you somewhere. It makes like making decisions so much easier as well. Yeah. Like bring it back down again to like the most common one of all, that the weight loss one. Like if, if you want to lose weight, and someone puts whatever it is, slice of chocolate cake in front of you, and you're choosing to eat that slice of chocolate cake, then obviously you don't have that clearer vision. Of like, of 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 get of achieving the weight loss. We all want the chocolate cake. Yeah, it's this a, is the a, thing. Obviously, it tastes delicious. Yeah, uh, we're clear vision of no. I you want to lose weight, I want to drop my body fat. Then like you know, it's it's not going to be a question. It's not going to bother you. Yeah, it's not going to get to you. You're going to make a decision to not have it because I want this more, and that, it comes down to that nearly all the time. Yeah. I want. I like. I'd like. And to that's do, just I'd, one simple idea. I'd like to go drink. I'd love to go drinking every single weekend. You know, out with lads and out, out with Lisa and out with you. But like, that would probably lead to me because of the food I eat during the week putting on excess body fat I don't want to put on so I choose not to do it every weekend like you know yeah. what I mean next one write down your goal and make it real this can like you know te- like tell tell people what your goal is write yeah. it down if you, you don't know, write it down put it up in your fridge if you, don't, yeah, if you don't write it down it's not real in my head if, if you have a goal in your head that nobody else knows about in my opinion nah no good because nobody else knows about it it's not real and you can just if you don't get it it's just like oh sure, nobody knows it's fine Yeah. and it's it, accountability to yourself number one is writing it down this is what I want to achieve clearly and it just comes from the head onto a piece of paper that for me is the most powerful thing ever do that stick it somewhere you'll see it every single day it's a simple thing you can do like put it on your wall in your bed in a bedroom you see this is what I'm this is, this is what I'm trying to achieve and you'll see that every day and that'll just set off as soon as you wake up thoughts of every decision I make today is going to be leading towards that and then you're asking yourself the question when you do see it, it's like what have I done today to help me achieve that goal yeah big, that's a big one to look back on each day what ap- obstacles do you have um, in reaching your goal what are you going to do about it? So, like, you know, identifying what's going to be in your way, what's going to come up against you uh, in achieving the goal, and, like, what action you're going to take um, 
uh, to get around those obstacles. Yeah, it's like if this is my goal, uh, what what do I need to do or what's going to stop me from achieving my goal? Because then you identify problems and there'll be problems pop up you won't expect. Loads, we've had loads of those ourselves in ATP. But, you know, when they do, you realise, right, this is what we need to do to get past that problem rather than just like, again, problem means, doesn't mean stop. It means just figure out what the problem is and try to work past that. Yeah. You know? Revisit your goals, uh, whether like monthly, yearly, and it's going back to what you were saying uh, there a while ago that like it's okay for your goals to change. Yeah, I think that's a, re- a realization that you know like it doesn't. It's it's not you deciding you don't you, you don't want that goal anymore. It's just more something else has become more important. Yeah. So like by you don't think by setting your goal you're locked in you know to this only thing for the next twelve months because that could be a reason people stop setting don't set the goal like you know but it's just like realizing that. If it's if whatever's important to you right now, make that the most make that important to you. Like. Celebrate the small wins as well as the big ones. Yeah, it's important. We're, we're big for I think the one like celebrating with the staff there for a three year birthday, mm-hmm. having a Christmas party. But that's more just to celebrate that we have a, a gym open for three years. That like you know our, we get on really well with our clients. We have a really good relationship with our clients, and we want to celebrate that with them. Like that's been the atmosphere we've created in ATP Fitness. You know has been down to our clients, our staff, and ourselves. And it's about celebrating the fact we've done that. You know, we do look back some days. Some days we, we can't see past a week ago. But other times me and Keen will be good at looking back and going, geez, we've achieved quite a lot in the last three years. Or someone might say something to us that might go, oh yeah, fucking hell, yeah. Yeah. it's hard to believe that. Like, you know? yeah, and bring it right back. And I mean, you, you, you can't lose a stone before you lose a pound. Yeah. So it's like, you know, celebrating this, the small wins along, yeah. along the way is a huge one. Um, last one, be relentless. Be absolutely big fans of that. relentless. And I mean, you know, dogged like if you want to achieve something in your life no matter what it is you have to be relentless no one nothing of it's going to come easy none of it you have there's going to be times where it's going to be absolutely brutal and crap but if you really want something i firmly believe and it's i don't know blindness for me that like i firmly believe if some if you want something so bad you'll be willing to do whatever it takes to get it so if you haven't achieved something yet it's just that you haven't got there yet or you haven't worked hard enough to get it yet like you know and that's if, if you if you give up every time an obstacle comes up in your way you're never going to get to where you want to be you're never going to achieve what's important to you yeah I'm pumped after that we <laughs> <laughs> uh, got training there now right? yeah <laughs> <laughs> so that concludes episode 5 much longer way longer than we thought this one would be yeah. uh, but thanks again for listening we're, we're really happy how it's going we have one more episode lined up uh, so we signed up to do 6 episodes we have one more lined up next week uh, well, we'll probably release it in 2 weeks time just before Christmas we're going to discuss the Christmas period but just the holiday periods in general so you know, when you're going on holidays, when it becomes a free-for-all, the mindset of, like, you know, I'm just going to eat and drink everything here now. And understanding that, you know, balance is important, but come, come down to what your goals are, you know, this is where you can assess how you want to spend your Christmas, you know, do you want to just eat and drink everything and not think about anything at all? We're not saying that's right or wrong, but we'll be discussing that in more detail. We're talking about Christmas, week. but it'll be applicable to any... Yeah, going on holidays, yeah. like, is a big one. Like, people will train and eat spot on for their six, week, six weeks, then the holiday comes up and it's forget about everything they've Carnage. learned so it's just trying to think long term with your health so that's from next week uh, and that is it thank you very much thanks guys